Welcome to the Inspired to be Authentic podcast. I am your host, Matt Lansadel. Inspired to be Authentic is a podcast where we converse with people who are living their most authentic lives. We get real with our guests and talk openly about how they live with courage to be themselves. We explore barriers they have overcome to be more authentic and aligned to themselves and their purpose. Today is episode number four, and we are going to be talking about how to align to your purpose and experience more joy. I have Gloria Stewart here with me. Welcome, Gloria. Hello. Um, Gloria Stewart is a joy and abundance activist who helps individuals and organizations expand their prosperity by moving beyond survival and into joyful thriving. Before writing her book, Being Joy, she spent more than 30 years as a successful business owner, helping social purpose organizations raise millions of dollars for causes that improve the well-being of individuals and communities. Gloria has also embarked upon a deeper commitment to elevating the human spirit as author of Being Joy, a 40-day practice of joyful living. Being Joy is a culmination of personal experiences and observations that have led to her conclusion that when people combine purpose with passion, their joy expands. And as they become more joyful, their vibrational frequency increases, which improves overall mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, and professional well-being. What an awesome bio. Um, that was a mouthful. <laughs> that is a mouthful, but it's, it's good. And the, the reason why I like to do that is because I like to get the mouthful out and then we can talk about who you are, right? Because oftentimes right. The, the authenticity of who we are, there, there's an aspect of our labels and our personas, but we, we, I want to get down to kind of the, the root of the human experience of Gloria and who she is and, uh, and her purpose and, and, and what she's all about. So um, why don't Perfect. we... Yeah, why don't we actually start there? Why don't we just talk a little bit about um, what's your purpose? What's your passion? What's the fire inside your belly that gets you out of bed every morning? Hmm, that's such a good question. Great way to start. Um, <laughs> well, I, I'm a morning person, so it doesn't take me much to get up in the morning. I mean, I was up yeah. at 530 this morning walking the dog at six when the light first came out. To me, this is the most joyful time of day. Yeah, so every morning I'm excited to get up and hear the birds and greet the day. Um, I think purpose is important, particularly now with everybody's life being so turned upside down. And for people who, you know, were accustomed to going to a workplace and, and connecting with people, um, I think purpose is even more important now to, to find a project or a reason, something that you're going to do every day that's going to uplift you and, and give you a sense of meaning. I certainly find that with people who are seniors and I live in an area on Vancouver Island where there's a lot of seniors and mm -hmm. you know the ones that deteriorate more quickly are the ones that just don't have any meaning in their life so purpose is really foundational I think yeah. for living a, a, a joyful life yeah I definitely agree um, what would you say that your your purpose on this planet is why what are you brought on this planet to uh, as a gift what's your gift that you offer people I, I it's to teach uh, to lead, um, and to love, to teach, I would say to lead and to love. And how, how do you do that? Well, I, I think we're all teachers to be honest. So yeah. we learn, I read a lot. I learn a lot from other people, from things that I courses that I take. And I think that's one of the reasons I wrote the book because, you know, this, this was teachings that I had absorbed from other people and I quote them a lot in the book who I admire and so all of that has led to the way I look at life today so I want to be able to pass that on so that's the teaching part and I've sort of always done that right from the time I was a little girl I was always you know teaching the kids in the neighborhood yeah so it's, <laughs> it's sort of innate um, the leading part again the same thing and that's that's innate that's just it's a it's something that I've always done from the time I was young and you know, I've led businesses and I've led groups and it's, it's just something comfortable for me to do. Um, the love part, I mean, to me, that's synonymous with joy. Love and joy are really the highest vibrational frequency. So when we can stay in that frequency of love, um, everything is possible. Mm -hmm. So it took me a few years, obviously, to get to that point. And so like everybody, it's an evolution 
of learning and absorbing and experimenting and going through pain and suffering and coming out and seeing the the uh, the gifts through all of that yeah uh, you know continue to evolve i yeah. think that that's everybody's purpose um i wanted to share a story the story about how i know you because i think that your purpose and your your gift actually has was became um something that i was able to receive and your purpose crossed with my purpose and and uh, i want to share that with the audience because it's a pretty beautiful story so um I, and I actually talk about this story in my in my book that I just released. So um, I met Gloria when I was about 26, I believe, and um, I was coming out of the, you know the tail end of an, an addiction and kind of finding my footing and, and figuring out what I want to do. And um, I met her through my uncle, who introduced me to a lady that was selling essential oils. And uh, lo and behold, Gloria was the lady that was providing this woman with her essential oils and her connections. And uh, Gloria and I just hit it off. I got involved with an essential oil company and I started to connect with Gloria's community. And Gloria had a very strong spiritual foundation and uh, had a, a lot of connection in the spiritual community. And I started to kind of follow and, and attend some of her events. And I got connected with different people like Cindy and um Cindy connected me to Jan uh, Janelle and Janelle connected me to the, the sisters, the, the shaman sisters, which were very pivotal in my, my growth. So really I, I owe a lot of my path, my spiritual path to you and uh, what you introduced me to and the energies that you introduced me to um, you, you, and then we would get together uh, once a week for a while and we would have our talks and I would sit on your couch and we would just talk about life and you, you were my Tuesdays with Maury, <laughs> right? And, um, <clears throat> it was just, it was really, really cool. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to share that with the audience to kind of lay a little bit of uh, foundation of how I know you and how personal our connection really is and just the impact you've had on, uh, in my life. Oh, thank you, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so why don't, um, why don't we talk a bit about your book? What, what inspired you to write your book being joy? Um, in 2015 is when I actually started the book. Again, it came as, you know, I was learning so much at that time, spiritually, and uh, different people that I'd met. And I went, you know, there's, it actually started, I was going to write like a seven step program to elevate your joy. And the more I started to work my way through it, I realized that it, that wasn't what it was supposed to be. Yeah. So interesting story about it is I actually came out with a set of Oracle cards to start with. And I never called them Oracle cards. I just knew that it was going to take a little longer to write the book. So it was a 40 day card deck. Uh, you know, like you see different Oracle cards and I sat down. I don't know if I ever shared this story with you about how that came to be. No. I had de decided what the themes were going to be. And a lot of that was influenced by something called the Virtues Project, which a good friend of mine, John Watson out of Calgary, had shared with me. And we're talking 20 years ago. Yeah. And all those virtues, and it was meant for classroom and, and children, but it, it, was, it was actually quite profound and I never let it go. So I incorporated some of those thoughts uh, into the card deck. So anyway, I, I had the themes for the card deck. And, uh, but I didn't want to get into, I'm very left brain or, or, you know, very A driven and thought, you know, I can't just make this very regimented. So I needed to turn this over to spirit to tell me what the order and sequence of those, those topics were going to be, because I visualized that it was going to be a book of chapters and one chapter for each topic. So I wrote down all the themes on little pieces of paper and cut them up and put them in a bowl. And then I put some essential oils in it and some crystals and I blessed it. And I said, and I had a notepad and I said, okay, so I'm going to pick whatever picks up or comes out of the bowl is going to be the first chapter. And then I worked my way through and I said, but spirit, I really think that the last chapter should be the be aligned. I, I just really felt driven that that was the way it was supposed to be. And I'm pulling, I'm pulling, I'm getting to like chapter 30 and still haven't pulled Be Aligned. And sure, Be Aligned was the last one. And it was like I had tears coming down, Matt, because it was just like such validation that I really knew that this worked. Yeah. That really was listening. And I, I really, at that point, really understood the power of, of intention and manifestation. So anyway, 
created the card deck, started selling it at trade shows and things like that, and then started working on the book. I moved to Vancouver Island in 2017 from Calgary because my son and daughter-in-law had gotten married, moved out here, announced they were having their first child. So I wanted to be here in time for the birth of the child. So I moved my plans up, made sure the book got written before I moved out because I knew you know, that I probably wouldn't be sitting down to, to be in that zone to write, mm-hmm. um, published it at, uh, at the end of uh, 2018. So, it, so last year it's been out. Anyway, so what made me write the book was, again, that culmination of everything that I'd learned up to that point and, and knew that it had an audience of people who just were not feeling you know, that, that juice in their life anymore. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and joy is different than happiness. Happiness is as a result of something, whereas joy is the way we came into this world. We came in as children, as babies and infants in this joyous, pure love frequency. And it's just over the years Oh, we've listened to other people, the ego's got in the way, circumstances, belief systems that we've just inherited or decided to accept as our own have allowed us to move away from that. So to me, this isn't about finding your joy. It's about remembering it. Mm. It's the practice of, it's a 40-day habit, 40-day practice of focusing on one particular theme or topic every day There's an activity in there. There's an affirmation, which was really what the cards were when I first came out with those. And incidentally, I'm now using the cards as as oracle cards because I hadn't realized when I created them that, you know, all of the colors are chakra colors. I told my designer to just do all the chakra colors and then start over, you know, once you've done all seven. And I started to look at them and I went, oh, my goodness. There's chakra influencers, there's numerology influencers. So I went, oh my goodness. So then I started playing with the cards and actually do readings now with my cards. That's and amazing. And that's just one of those things that wasn't even, you know, it wasn't an agenda item. Yeah. Right? It just happened. So I've, I felt like the book and the cards really were spirit communicating through me and telling me um, what was going to be important to help people lift their their spirits and, and just remember the joy so that they can live more authentically mm-hmm. as, as they are, as well as their physical health was going to improve, their emotional health would improve, all of that would improve. Um, communities improve when individuals improve. And because my passion when I work with social purpose organizations is really uh, on the abundance side of things. Mm-hmm. So very big at looking at poverty issues. Um, so it all just, it all just, fell together like everything that I've done in my life professionally everything just came together I, I mean I, I'm living such an integrated life right now um, that I, I, I mean I'm, I'm teary sometimes I just can't believe how incredible yeah and, and the intention again once you start to notice those things about yourself and notice those those signs that are showing up in your life and pay attention to them and not write them off and sometimes you don't even know what they're for and that's okay. So it's allowing them to happen and not trying to get in your head too much. And I think that's the element of surrender. That's so important in um, alignment, right? We often think alignment, we confuse alignment with control that we have to do in order to become aligned. But I I love how your book is titled being joy. It's not titled doing joy because oftentimes people think they have to work hard to find joy, but that's, that's not the case with joy. It's already just there for us. Is that right? Yeah. It's, it's being that state, right? Yeah. So I, there was a Greg Braden book uh, that he wrote about um, prayer, different modes of prayer, a little tiny book. I don't know if you've seen it. And he tells a story about, um, I don't know if it was in New Mexico, because that's where he, he lives, about, you know, a drought happening. And the indigenous people in that area, you know, would go and they would, you know, do their rain dances. But rather than praying for rain, they would pray rain. They would, you know, just that so subtle. And I went, oh, my God. So that influenced the writing. That influenced why the title was. So it's being that. Yeah. Trying to, 
right? You just, you have to be it in order for it to be. That's so important. <laughs> so important. Um, you, you mentioned a word alignment. Mm-hmm. Um, how important is alignment to experiencing joy and, and, and why? Why do you think that is? Well, it, it, my understanding of being alignment, and I think one of the best sources for that is Abraham Hicks. I mean, that's mm-hmm. always been the the go-to for me when I'm grappling with understanding that one, because that one took me a little while to get, yeah. which I think is why it was the last chapter, because yeah. <laughs> I had to wait yeah. to work my way through to get to that point. Yeah. Anyway, um, to me, being aligned is is just really being who you are. I mean, it's really that simple. And and when you really are living that authentic, true, who you are place, you, you're going to vibrate very high. Yeah. So the way they put it is, if you're feeling good, you're in alignment. Yeah. If you're not feeling good, you're not. Yeah. So trust, trust your feelings, trust your body, because it will tell you whether or not you're in alignment with your truth. Yeah. with who you are, with your authentic self. Yeah. I mean, it really isn't complicated, but, but to me, that's the essence of, of alignment. What do you think are things that steer people off of course from their alignment? I think it's, it's listening to other people. It's listening to other beliefs. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not examining where our beliefs came from. And maybe, I mean, I remember talking to somebody that said, well, values and beliefs are the same thing. I said, no, they're not. I mean, values are, I think, the core part, which is really the soul part. Mm -hmm. You know, beliefs change, and they should, because you learn new things, and you should change your beliefs. Most of the beliefs we've got are inherited from our families, from our friends, from culture, communities. So. It, to me, it's about examining those. And I think that's what gets us off track. And it's it's difficult sometimes because sometimes it means, you know, relationships end because there's, there's a, a, you know, you, it's not compatible any longer with who you are. As I mean, I know you've experienced that. I certainly have experienced that in life. Yeah. But ego is part of, again, beliefs. If you believe what you do and what you have and, yeah. you know, is who you are, you know, it isn't. You know, none of that stuff is who you are. Yeah. So it allows you to, I think, as well to, you know, Wayne Dyer used to always say, not to pay attention to the good opinions of others. Nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's all to do with their own sense of who you are. I mean, because, you know, you're a secondary character in their story. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. you don't have to worry about any of that because the only character that is really important is you because yeah. you're the funeral reality and all that other stuff is really not important. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I read, I read a really cool Instagram post recently and it was something along the lines of there's, there's hundreds of thousands of versions of you floating around in the minds of other people, right? Everybody's creating their own version of us based on how we present ourselves or how they perceive that we're representing ourselves right on. and we get caught up in the mirror that they send back to us about who we are. And that's, I think a big factor of how we get lost in our, uh, in our inauthenticity and, and it becomes a barrier to us stepping into our authenticity is like you said, other people's opinions of us or what other people are mirroring back to us, the parameters right. to which other people think that we can operate within. Um, so we end up becoming an expression of somebody else's perception of us. Right. Because we believe that. Because we, we believe, believe what they're saying is truth. Right. Yeah. As opposed to saying that's their opinion. I mean, it doesn't have to, I don't want to judge it. That's how they see it, but it doesn't mean that it's true. Exactly. For me, yeah. Right. So, and, and that takes courage and it takes, you know, some self-awareness and exploration. And I mean, I'm not saying that it's an easy thing and it comes overnight, but mm-hmm. um, I think once you, to me, it's extremely liberating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you realize that you don't have to live your life based upon anybody else's, you know, yeah. expectation or, or observation of who you are. Exactly, exactly. And I, I posted a, a, a quote today that was, um, offend no one and accomplish nothing. 
And it's so true because sometimes even just being our authentic self can be offensive to somebody else. If somebody's vibrating in the energy of caring too much for what other people think, and they see you step forward in your authenticity, that can be offensive to them and they can become triggered by it, right? So it's really about just doing you. Do you, and as long as you're not hurting anybody deliberately or, or, right. or, or there's consent if you know, you're engaging in an activity with another person. Um, but other than that, I would say just do you. And if other people can't handle it, too damn bad. <laughs> well, you just send them love and don't judge them because they're in their own story. Exactly. Right? I mean, we're all just living our own stories. Yeah. And we, you know, when we talk about authenticity, which is, you know, the brand and the work that you're involved in, when you show up as yourself, um, it is the safest place to be, to be honest. I agree. Because you don't have to worry about all that other stuff. Fear starts to evaporate. Mm -hmm. Fear over everything starts to evaporate when you just show up as yourself and when you know that you're connected to spirit, mm -hmm. right? There's nothing to fear. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. It's a beautiful place, place to be. Um, and I'm just trying to think for myself, what stood out for me and what you just said is, is stories. We all buy into our stories and we all identify with our stories. How much of this journey of, of being joy and, and aligning to our authenticity is about letting go of the stories of who we think we have to be? Well, again, I think it comes back to really that self-examination. And, you know, sometimes doing a life review is, is a good technique. So you go back, you, you start to examine. I mean, just as I, when we started to talk, uh, I went back to what I did as a child. Mm -hmm. What were the characteristics? Because those are usually the purest, you know, parts of who you are. Because there's no other stuff that's gotten in the way yet. So if you go back to look at those things that you like to do, in fact, the blog that I'm writing for, for, for next month, I just wrote yesterday, had to do with, um, there was a chiropractor that I went to years ago who, she also did some laser therapy. And I wasn't in a really good place. This is, you know, nearly 30 years ago. And she said, she just looked at me and she said, what did you, what did you like to do as a young child? You know, what, what was your favorite thing to do? And, and I knew immediately what it was. And she said, well, then go do it. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, to me, that is another way of looking at what you just asked, which is, you know, go back to the child, do that self-exploration. Mm -hmm. And because there's truth in that. And so if you can find a way in this example, you know, go and find a way to, to do that as a living or to, you know, do that for fun, but explore the, the joy that came from that thing that you were really passionate about doing when you were young mm -hmm. and live from that place mm -hmm. because it is the truest. It is the truest. It is the truest part of who you are and, and of your essence. Yeah. Did that answer? I don't yeah, know. it did. The, the tangent. And it's almost like connecting with the inner child, yep. Re reconnecting with the inner child. I think we, we often, as we get older and we go through domestication, we, we lose the, the skill of playfulness. Right. And that's such an important aspect of our authenticity because, like you said, like, who we were when we were a child is the truest expression of who we are, the truest expression of joy. And I, I remember for myself, one of the, the most exciting things for me was I used to have a, a rock polisher. And I used to go around the neighborhood and collecting rocks, smooth rocks to put them in the rock polisher. And um, we would always like have a competition of who found the smoothest rock. And it's funny because now what I do as an adult, I, whenever I'm on a beach or, or along the river in Calgary, I always comb the, the beach or the river side for, for heart-shaped rocks. And I find so much joy in, in, in this exploration and finding these little, these little rocks. And I've had so many cool, I have, I have hundreds of heart-shaped rocks that from all over different places, I've found a couple here in, uh, in Vietnam and Thailand as well. And uh, I actually collect them and they, they're, they're, they, they come to me, I swear, because some of them are like perfectly heart-shaped rocks. It's, it's am amazing, you know? So that's oh. something that brings me a lot of joy. Yeah, very cool. And you're still doing it, which is neat. Yeah. So in that experience, then you've already elevated your frequency. 
yeah. because you're feeling that joy, which is that high frequency. Yeah. So again, to live in that state doesn't mean you had to make your living being a rock collector. Yeah. You could have. Some people may have decided that that's, but, but sometimes that's just an analogy for something else. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's finding that passion, finding that joy from the purest sense and, and trying to live in that energy as, as much as you can. I mean, that's mm -hmm. really what it is. Yeah. When you say um, frequency for people that don't understand what that means, how would you help them understand what that means? Well, everything is energy and, and everything vibrates. So things that are dense and, and matter, they're going to vibrate at a very low level. Um, you know, consciousness, the higher that your consciousness, you're going to vibrate at a higher level. So and those states are the places where the magic happens, to be quite honest. And that's where, you know, you, you can't feel hate when you're in joy. Joy is a really high uh, frequency. It's again, it's up there with love and gratitude. I mean, those are the highest and they've measured them. So they're, they're right off the chart. Um, and, and that energy and that frequency, you, you, first of all, your immune system is going to be better, which is pretty important these days, mm -hmm. right? To protect your yourself from, you know, viruses or colds or, or any kind of illness or disease, right? It's also the frequency in which you can actually reverse things, right? You can reverse things that are happening in your life, whether they be emotional or physical. I mean, that's where living in that high frequency too can help with addiction because there's love energy. It's, it's love and joy energy. So it's, I don't know how else to put it. it I mean, it, it's, it's that purest, uh, highest form of manifestation too. Okay. I like that. That's where the magic happens. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I love the essential oils. And one of the things that I know attracted you is because, you know, they're, they're pretty high frequency, most of them. Yeah. So when you're using yeah. tools like that, crystals also have frequency. When you're using some of those other tools, you incorporate that in perhaps with meditation practices where you, you know, you're, you're elevating your frequency. I mean, mm -hmm. th that's really where the magic happens. Yeah. I, I have my oils with me. They're over yeah, in the oh corner. God, I was going to ask. <laughs> Everywhere I go, I've never, I've never traveled. I've never spent a day without my oils. If I go even on a, on a weekend vacation, I bring them with me. Um, yeah. Yeah, I use them all the time. They're they're yeah. amazing. Definitely they amazing. Are. Yeah. Too bad we don't have smell a vision on the uh, <laughs> Yeah, I know exactly. On the podcast, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you've recently lost seventy pounds. Yeah. I, I have seventy five. Seventy five. Seventy five. Yeah. So I haven't Thank you. <laughs> I haven't seen Gloria in a while. It's been a, a couple of years since I've seen her. Yeah. We've kept in contact over over virtual world, but not in, in video. And she looks like a completely different person. So I want to I want you to share a little bit about how you've done that. Okay. Well, you know, for anyone that's gone through weight gain and yo yo diet and you know, which is a lot of people. Um, it doesn't take much to put it all back on again. And yeah. and so when I moved out here, I mean, it was a difficult move just because physically. I mean, it was you know the packing, and you know I had to downsize my house considerably, and you know it was exhausting. And so I was not in good physical. You know, my joints were hurting. I had started to gain weight. You know, gradually again, I was the heaviest I'd ever been. When I finally got out here, the climate, you know, because I'd come from mountain high elevation to sea level, I really felt it in my joints. And but I went through another year of just, you know, not really caring because I had other stuff that, you know, I think sometimes the body, the person can only handle stresses in one or two areas at once. And where I was, and it wasn't that I was stressed, but I was trying to, you know, I was disoriented moving to a new place and trying to establish myself. So I wasn't, diet wasn't the top of my priority list. And I had already, the, 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 the weight was always sort of my last thing to kind of conquer. I had quit drinking alcohol. Gosh, it's going to be nearly 20 years. Um, I then, and I'd quit smoking at the same time because I was a heavy smoker. So I quit them both just like that. And then I quit drinking coffee three years later. So I started to just gradually eliminate the things in my life that were making me weak. 
I, I, you know, I mean, I was diagnosed with MS back in the mid eighties and one of the, and I have no symptoms. One of the things, and that's deliberate. First of all, I never say I have it. I say I was diagnosed because that's accurate. It's mm-hmm. truthful, but I don't live with it. And one of the things with a disease like that is is energy level. I mean, you're, I remember when I'd have exacerbations, I was so exhausted, I could barely keep my eyes open. So it was a very deliberate thing when I quit drinking and smoking that I wanted my energy. You know, I, I just, I that was important to me. The weight, as it started to come on again, it slows you down. It drags you down. You don't feel like going out for a walk. I mean, there's all sorts of things that you're limited in doing and that it affects you emotionally. And it wasn't even aesthetics. It was just, I just didn't feel good. Yeah. And so I, I realized that I needed to do something about that. So in January of 2019, last year, I sought out, I'd, I'd actually been introduced, as always happens, the right people always show up for you. Uh, to a holistic nutritionist who I'd met through a women's networking group out here. And so I decided that I was going to work with her. So she had, and I know this appeals to you because you've done so much work yourself in that area of nutrition and and physical exercise, et cetera. She put together a a meal plan for me. She she had quite a bit of diagnostics that she did. So I eliminated, you know, the normal stuff, the wheat, the sugar, the dairy, that kind of stuff. But she also did a lot of other restrictions. And, and I started to lose the weight. Um, but what I realized that it was a, there was something that was missing from that, two things that were missing from that, that I, I just intuitively knew that, you know, yeah, I could lose the weight because I've done that before, but it always comes back on again. Mm-hmm. And one of the things she said is, be careful how much exercise you do now, because when you get to your weight, you're going to need to ramp that up in order to maintain your weight, which was interesting because I'd never ever had anybody tell me that. Mm. So I started walking every day, um, farther and farther, you know, so I would sometimes go out for 45 minutes, I'd walk long distances, I felt really good. But the the thing that was really missing for me was the spiritual side of it. Mm-hmm. So I went, you know what, I've got a couple of books that I read a while back, and just they sort of made sense. But I think now that like books were literally falling off my bookshelf to tell me you're supposed to read this now. And the one that was really important to me was Deepak Chopra's book, uh, What Are You Hungry For? Because he really, he really gets into it. And so, I mean, food's an addiction, just like other things are addictions. So to me, this was my last addiction. I'd already given up no drinking alcohol at all. And I'd already gone through, I mean, boy, had I been tested those years, if I was going to fall off the wagon, you know, my father had died, my brother had died. I mean, lots of things had happened, which would normally just be an excuse. But I I knew that there just wasn't who I was anymore at all. The smoking wasn't who I was. The coffee wasn't who I was. So it was the weight, you know, because you got to eat. So it's like, oh, man, I knew that was going to be the trickiest one. So I started to work my way through Deepak's book. And really what he does is he comes at it from that emotional, that spiritual side of things, you know, to really get underneath what it is that's making you hold on to the weight. What are you hungry for? Yeah. And it wasn't food, right? So it was like I had all this excess stuff on my physical frame that wasn't me. That wasn't me. I mean, actually, it looked like my mother. When I looked in the mirror, I saw my mother, which was she died many years ago. So I was holding on to my mother by keeping this fat on me. And that was a big uh aha for me, right? And then just believing, it was the belief system that had gotten in, which was, oh, well, all your women in your family are heavy, so you're going to be heavy. So all of that stuff, all those stories that aren't true, Mm. Unless you believe them to be true, exactly. Right? How, how did you shed? How did you shed that? <laughs> well, again, just from following the, the the program, it wasn't even a program. It was just a new way of eating. No, no, no. How did you shed the emotional stuff? How did you release it? I think it was a realization. Like it was pretty instant. Wow. It was pretty. It was a really big aha. Yeah. For me. 
And sometimes we often, we, we often think there's, there's things to do and awareness alone can be a game changer. When we realize oh, yeah. something, the awareness starts to infiltrate our life in these really um, synchronistic ways and change starts to take place behind the scenes that we're not even aware of. And then one day we wake up and we're like, holy crap, this is gone. I'm no longer engaging in this pattern. So that's why self-awareness and introspection and sitting with ourselves and learning about ourselves is so important because that alone is going to be way more important than any skill or anything that you can do in ritual. You know, it's, it's, I think self-awareness is huge. Yeah. And then when you combine that with a, with a, a faith, a belief, that you can actually change that because again, it's the ego that's going to get in the way and try and tell you that you can't. Yeah. You still believe all those things. So self-awareness of what's maybe created that addiction or that, that, that pattern is the first step, but then it's, it's, and it's not willpower. I mean, willpower has nothing to do with it, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. I mean, people say that, Oh, you're so strong. No, it had nothing to do with it. Yeah. It, it was just, I entered into myself I wanted to become who I was and uh, carrying all that fat I was just living as a fat woman yeah that wasn't who I was so Hmm. anyway I still have a few pounds to go (laughs) yeah yeah it's good you look really good oh thank you honey yeah you look very happy too I am yeah I am what's um I, I do this thing with people it's called um, this is me tip of the episode and what it, what it is, is it's, it's about self-ownership. So this is me. I get people to put their hands on their chest, take a breath and say, this is me. And it's like, it's like containing, we contain that energy of, of the meanness inside of our, our, ourselves. Um, and I, I like that. It's about how can we own ourselves and be, and be the fullest expression of who we are. So what's one tip that you would share with the audience that is, um, that you use in your, in your life? that helps you own who you are? I'm a really big believer in looking at the mirror, looking at yourself in the mirror and giving love. Yeah. I'm a really big believer in doing that and, and stop body shaming, which again, for women who have been fat and you know, that's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, so what I bath just about every night cause I like the feeling of, the warm water and the salt just rinsing away the day. Yeah. As tired as I am. And I sort of got away from that for a while, but I do it now. Um, So I'm looking at myself in the mirror and yeah, my body's leaner, but boy, I've got lots of saggy skin now. Yeah. I thought, man, I've never had that before. And it's (laughs) like, Oh my God, I look like I'm about a hundred years old, but I look at it and I go, yeah, but that's a reflection of what you just finished accomplishing. Exactly. That's who you are grab it (laughs) love it enjoy it because it's who you are so i I don't do that anymore so when i go this is me i send love to myself i I, i'll put a rose quartz crystal after i meditate and i'll just hold it there and i just send myself love if i've got a pain somewhere in my body i just send it love so to me that is this is me this is me this is love I love myself. Mm. I really like that a lot. That's a good question. That's a good question. Yeah, I, um, I'm all about self-ownership. And I think I've been do, doing a lot of grappling with self-acceptance and self-ownership. And um, it's so interesting because the word self-acceptance, it seems like... Um, I, I just does, doesn't seem like it fits for me anymore. You know, like acceptance, it just seems like um, you're accepting who you are. Like you're just kind of like, yeah, I'll, ac- I'll accept yeah, this right. about myself, you know, whereas self-ownership, it's like you're, you're stepping into you and you're owning you. There's a lot of, there, there's just a, a confidence about that. Whereas self-acceptance, it's like, yeah, I don't really like this about myself. So I guess I'll, I'll just have to accept it about me. Oh, I love that. That's such an interesting distinction. I'm going to use that. Thank you. I'm going to use that in some of my blogs. This is like the last two days that this has come up for me. And I'm like, I've been working with self-acceptance for years. And I, the way I look at it is it's don't, um, I'm, I'm going to release this quote soon, but it's like, um, don't break people into who you are, own people into who you are. Because oftentimes we're like, yeah, this is me, you know, like, and we kind of are a little unsure and we, 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 people feel that. 
and then they don't believe in you because you don't you don't believe in yourself. So when we own who we are, we people are also going to see that strength in us. And so, anyways, I'm going to do some writing about it too. So yeah, feel free to run with that. Nice, <laughs> yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Words are so important. Yeah. I mean, when you were talking about acceptance for a minute, it made me think about when people say. Oh, we need to be more tolerant of other people. No, no, you don't need to be tolerant because that's a, like the minimum. Yeah, right? exactly. You know, this is about inclusion and accepting. Yeah. Right? So that's where an accepting is 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 a um, a positive word a versus tolerance. And what you're talking about is ownership versus accepting is that next the next level. You know, yeah. Yeah. Very and maybe, cool. And maybe that's a maybe maybe it's a continuum. Maybe we move into self acceptance first. And then we move into self ownership next, right? Because it's very, it's a big, it's a big leap to go from to self animosity to self ownership. We we might well the awareness first, right? So self awareness, exactly. Then the self acceptance. So I'm aware of who I am now. Okay, I'm 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 confronted with it. I see it for all the whatever. Yeah. Now I've I've accepted, you know that that's that's what it is. Yeah. I'm not denying it, and now I'm going to own it and all its you know, whatever. I love that. I like that. I'm going to, yeah. I'm writing this down so I don't forget it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, we, we, the journey is basically self animosity to self awareness, to self acceptance, to self ownership. We just came up with a program. We should, we should run it together. We did. <laughs> um, okay. All right. Yay. Yeah. High five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, Cool. And then there's the, another concept that I like to play around with too, is the, 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 the premise of, of this, the, the, the tagline for um, Inspired to be Authentic is how much of me can I be? So I always like mm. to ask my guests this whenever, so think about yourself, your authenticity and who you are when no one's around. We often express ourselves 100%. We're silly, we're goofy, we're sick, we're, we're all the things that, that of the continuum of, of our expression. But then when we step outside of our front door, we, we hold back aspects of ourselves that maybe we don't want others people, other people to see. So I ask you, how much of you in percentage do you bring outside your front door with you pretty much all of it mm, like these that. days yeah. yeah um the i i think where was i going with this nothing happens by accident i i live alone it's very quiet in my home it's yeah. very zen yeah uh i have my son's dog now so she's company. So rather than just talking to myself now, I am actually talking to the dog. And, you know, <laughs> that's good, and she seems yeah. to understand me. <laughs> so, so I talk a lot to myself during the day, um, and to me, that's it's conversation with myself, right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'll I'll do something, you know, I'll, I'll stub my toe or something. I'll go, oh, s- silly Gloria, you know, but I'll smile. So I do a lot of laughing during yeah. the day, which is it, which is me. Yeah. It is who I am, yeah. Yeah, right? Okay. So I'm expressing that during the day um, and because now I'm not going out very often anymore. Mm-hmm. So, But when I do go out, I smile a lot, I, and I've always done that. Yeah. Uh, so that is who I am. Cool. So I, maybe in a professional setting would be the better example. Yeah. But, you know, just like you and I are talking now, I do this in, in – in business meetings. Yeah. yeah I good. absolutely do that. I really, I'm, I'm, and it's not even an effort, but I'm conscious of yeah. uh, bringing the, because once you, once you get that ownership, the fear disappears. I think that's a really critical thing because then you don't, you're not concerned what other people are going to think of you. Exactly. Because you know who you are. Yeah. And you know that that, that's so much more powerful anyway when when you're standing in your own truth because you don't have to worry that somebody's going to and if they misunderstand then then you work on that but you you start to sort of banish all of that other stuff that can get in the way of of your joy basically exactly. does that makes sense yeah it definitely does yeah 
So uh, the other aspect of how much of me can I be that I like to do is it's a game that I like to play. So what I've done is I've come up with 31 questions that are how much of me can I be? So it's an opportunity for the guests to show up in, in the authenticity and the expression of who they are. So you get a random question. So you pick the number between one and 31 and then I will ask you a question and you can answer it however you wish. 27. 27. Okay, what do we got for you? What is the most risky thing you've done? <laughs> oh, moving out here. Moving out here, okay. Moving from Calgary that I lived for 50 years yeah. and had established myself to moving to Vancouver Island where the only person I knew was my son and my daughter-in-law. Wow, yeah. And I wasn't going to be living in the same city as them because I didn't want to have to be right on their doorstep. Yeah. So that was probably the riskiest thing I ever did because I didn't have a job to come to. I just decided that I was going to, you know, figure out things once I got here, which I did. Yeah. That was probably the riskiest thing. And what's the number one thing you've learned about yourself in taking that risk? That, that I'm a, I'm adaptable. I'm flexible. That my needs will always be looked after because I listen, I observe I pay attention to the signs that I didn't used to as well. Mm. So I, I believe in that intention and I believe in just paying attention. Yeah. Cool. A lot of that has to happen in the present moment. And you're, you're a very present person. You're very like, even in conversation you're with, I can, I feel like, you know, cause when, you know, when you're having conversations with people, like I'm an empath, I can feel people and I can feel when their attention is elsewhere and their body is here. And you know what I mean? And with you, I feel like there's so much presence and I feel so heard when I'm, uh, when uh, I'm talking to you. Thank you, Matt. That's mm -hmm. probably the nicest compliment that I could receive from somebody. And, yeah. and actually I wrote about that in, in my book. Um, I think it was in the second chapter B of service yeah. because we think of service as being, you know, donating to charities, volunteering, but to me, being a service is to be present. Yeah. yeah. That is to me, one of the best things you can do for another human being is to just be there to listen and to, doesn't mean you have to take it all in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To hear them. Yeah. That's what people long for. And that's where all the hate comes from is that people just are not being heard. They don't feel loved. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, that's that's what I wrote in my epilogue for my book. That's, oh, did that's, you? That's the whole epilogue is about, you know, the suffering that we endure as a society and as a culture and how being heard and being more present with one another is the remedy to the suffering on this planet. And so that's cool. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I want to thank you so, so much for uh, giving me an hour of your time. Honestly, it means the world to me. Uh, I want to give you an opportunity to share with the audience um, how they can connect you. If somebody resonates with your story and they want to engage with you, do some work with you, how can people find you? Well, probably the best thing is I've got two websites. The, the one on the book is, is beingjoy.ca. And okay. then I've got a, a personal site as well, gloriastuart.ca. So you can email me at Gloria at beingjoy.ca or Gloria at Gloria Stewart.ca. Um, and, okay. and, and I respond to all my emails. So, okay. and I do a monthly newsletter and a weekly blog. So you can go to the website and sign up for those because there's always some really good juice. In yeah, there is. Yeah. I, I, uh, I subscribe to your newsletter and I get it every, uh, it's, it feels like more than once a month though. I think I get it weekly. The, the blogs come out weekly. Yeah, the blogs the come out newsletter, weekly. The newsletter is once a, once a month. month. The newsletter always has the chapter of the network. And it's so interesting because March is, or April, what are we in? We're in April. April's news topic, and it just was the way it worked out, was to be accepting. And it was like, and that's when the pandemic just sort of really flared. And I thought, wow, perfect. Because mm -hmm. this is what we all need to do is just, first of all, accept that this is happening. We can't change it. This is a reality. It's how are we going to deal with it now exactly. that it's here. Exactly. So I wrote about it quite extensively. So, I, you know, there's still a couple of more blogs for this month to come out. But yeah, I like it. Been, yeah. yeah. I find from your blogs, I get grounded. That's the, the number one thing they give me is grounding. So it's good. Oh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. Thank you. 
Yeah, yeah, this I'm just writing the the stuff for May now, and it's the topic is be creative, which is, <laughs> do you know this? I just have to share this with you for a second. There's always something that happens when I'm faced with with something like a crisis. And actually, I wrote about this um, about one of the pieces of advice my dad gave me years ago. He said, "When in crisis, do nothing." Which I went, "What are you talking about?" You know, but I understand it. It took me a while to get it, which is lean back, just look at it. Don't react. Like just, and then this is in anything. Yeah. And, yeah. and the right steps will come to you. So because of the pandemic, I had just been awarded a fairly large contract with a new, you know, organization out here that I was really excited to work with. And then the pandemic hit and that meant that that was going to be put on hold. So I just went into kind of just for a second. I went into sort of a constriction of, oh, my God, where's my money going to come from? Yeah. And this has happened on more than one occasion where I've been presented with that. And what I did is I remembered my dad's advice. So I just leaned back. And what I, for whatever reason, I always decide to start to think really big when that happens. I start to create all of these big ideas hmm. that comes out of that. It's the opposite. It's the direct opposite. So I've already started another book. So again, that's where the purpose comes from. So it's like, okay, you'd had that idea for a while. So now it's the time to start it. You have a little bit more time. So turn that around, find purpose. I'm writing a story for my grandson. He's turning three in July. So I'm writing a book for him and Bryce, my son, you know, again, all these little synchronicities. He, he texted me some, cause he's a quite a talented artist. I mean, he's a painter by trade, you know, a house painter, but he, he's, draws and paints mm-hmm. on the side so he he texted me some illustrations that he'd done of cartoon characters and i went oh my god you're gonna have to illustrate the book <laughs> so now he's going to illustrate his son's book that i'm writing what and a gift the yeah. book is called a is for anything so it's taking all of the philosophies of the being joy and everything but it's making it into an a to z book things that aren't preachy but it's you know talking about forgiveness and talking about manners and but in a fun way. Yeah. So, and it's all verse. Cool. It's all, yeah. So I'm very excited. That's very excited. Excited. I'll uh, have to get it for my nephew when it comes out. So let me know when it comes out. I will. I will. I will. I will. And it's fun. So again, that's purpose. That's, 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 it's, it's just finding the thing that's going to get you up is where we started our conversation this morning. What gets you mm-hmm. up in the morning? So it's just finding that thing that gives you joy that day that you're going to focus on that and not anything else. Yeah, that's perfect. Cool. Well, again, thank you so, so much. I'm very grateful for this conversation. I'm grateful for you and uh, be able to sit and kind of absorb your energy. Um, your alignment is infectious, so it's, it's beautiful. So thank you for that. Thank you for doing oh, your work. You're welcome. Thank you for reaching out. This was so lovely to spend some time with you. It's just not quite as good as in person with a hug, but yeah. you know, I've missed you a lot and yeah, missed, missed our conversations. Too. So this was really nice. Let's do this again. Yeah, Matt. we will. Good luck we will. with everything. Stay, stay in touch for sure. I will, for sure. And uh, I do want to tell people that you can leave your comments or a review for the podcast below. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can you uh, please leave a comment below. And uh, if you're watching this on the podcast network, you can uh, leave a review. That would be greatly appreciated. We are a new podcast, so we need to get our, our name out there. And um, if you have a question for the how much of me can I be, uh, if you'd like to ask a guest a question, please feel free to also leave that in the comments below. <laughs>